A quick yeah. hello and we get to go. Welcome to the show, Yuval Ackerman. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. Wonderful. Today we're going to be talking about selling more and better with ethical email marketing, uh, which I love uh, because personally speaking, all of the email marketing tips I get, we use uh, MailChimp. We're not sponsored. I just use it. Um, it kind of gives you all this automated advice and you do, you take the advice and at the end, the email looks worse than it did before and it seems <laughs> kind of pushy. Uh, and I like the idea of being nice and ethical and retaining one's personality whilst also hopefully selling more. And that's yeah. what you're all about? Yeah, that's correct. Hey. Before we start, we're going to have a quick look at your brand set. And this week, another experiment, we're going to try a video. Because uh, I looked at your brand, SERP, and like me, you are, well, like me, you're a musician. True. And so you have the delightful filter pills. So if we could have that video, I'm going to talk us through the brand, SERP, hopefully, when it wants to come up. So it's an experiment that isn't really working so far. <laughs> there we go. There uh, we go. Oh, we've lost it. All right, brilliant. Um, you've got a command. And what I like here is we've got lots of images over there on the left-hand side, and we've got those filter pills. And as I click through them in this video, we can see that we've got your songs, and there we've got places that we can listen to your songs. There's actually five of them, which is really impressive. Uh, and it's five. basically breaking this knowledge panel down into verticals, and each vertical result is different. Uh, now, actually, what I'm going to do is put that on again because you can see here the overview which we see at the, saw at the end. Then it, here I click on songs, and you can see the songs, but the results in that result are different. So it's a vertical brand set. Then where we can listen to you. And then back to the overview with the pictures, uh, which are absolutely delightful. I really like the fact that Google's doing that. So we end up with a situation with somebody who has kind of these different facets with this incredibly interesting knowledge panel. And what Google's able to do, because you're in music, it's got Spotify, it's got Music Brains, it's got uh, iHeartRadio, I think the other one was that we saw, Deezer maybe. It can build these incredibly intricate um, investigative, investigative uh, results where we look into your albums and your songs. So you're actually an active publishing musician right now. Not right now, to be fully honest. I, one thing that I haven't seen there is my podcast that I launched maybe three, four months ago. Right. Um, so that's another thing, entirely different, but also has some similarities to ethical email marketing, which is all about creating real connections and real bonds with the people behind the screens. Um, I have a podcast about conscious dating and relationships. So same, same, but different. Um, so I'm very right. surprised that that, well, I haven't Googled myself in a very long time. So thank you, Jason, for doing that for me. Brilliant. Well, the, the podcast question is actually kind of interesting because, I mean, what's your podcast called? Loving Against My Instincts. Right. And, and there's this kind of thing I've called my podcast with Jason Barnard with the idea that I created some ambiguity to see if I could sort it out in Google's brain. And the podcast, I can't get it to appear as a filter pill, which is what you're mm. talking about. But what Google had did do at one point at the end of last year, and it still does it a little bit, is it thinks that podcast episodes are songs. Oh, So okay. it might potentially add your podcast to the songs. Um, we, we've had a few examples of that where where you've got these incredibly long title songs that are 30 minutes. It obviously thinks that kind of these podcast episodes, 30 minutes, are these 70s 
opuses of kind of <laughs> theatrical genius from somebody like, uh, oh, Spinal Tap, which is one of my favorite groups that never really existed. Or um, Moondog or something. Yeah, you've probably got more musical culture than I have. Oh, dear. Um, Moondog. We're not talking about Moondog. We're not talking about music. We're talking about ethical email marketing. Now, this for me is um, fundamental from the perspective of I really, really don't like receiving those emails that are very pushy. Mm-hmm. I like receiving emails that talk to me, but I've got no idea how to the right, write them. And you're going to tell me, A, why I should write them like that, and B, how do I write them? And C, mm-hmm. presumably, what effect does it have on my business? Oh, yeah. So let's break it down. Um, why do you need to write them? As an ethical email marketer, <laughs> maybe my answer is going to surprise you. You don't need to do anything that doesn't oh. you know, float your boat. I am obviously biased because I think email is a wonderful, wonderful marketing channel to promote your business, to uh, grow your business, to sell your services, your products and and whatnot, um, and create this very, very deep connection with your subscribers. But I will never stop anyone in their way of doing anything that doesn't work for them. So that's one. That's ethical to start with. Exactly. So just a disclaimer to begin with. Um, I can I can throw a bunch of stats if my brain can um, remember them, like the fact that emails ROI, return on investment, is anywhere between forty to forty four dollars per every dollar that you spend. So that's one. I think it's the highest ROI in marketing consistently throughout the years, um, and it's something that you can count on if you can actually do that correctly. And um, it's not something that you can do necessarily with third party or uh, Mm. websites or social media where you have to rely on algorithms and all kinds of filters and things that you don't control. So why do you need to do email marketing for your business? It's because you can own the platform. It's yours. It's your data. It's your subscribers. They gave you the consent that you would email them consistently and sell to them as well because we're not gullible. We all know that if you... um, subscribe to someone's email list, they will eventually try to sell you something, right? Um, right. Yeah, so no, no, you okay. own the platform. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the huge advantage of email marketing is is getting people on board and they, they're already active. And you were saying develop a, a, an in-depth or a, a deep relationship with them. I hadn't really seen it like that. I mean, over a long period of time, do you think you can build a, a deep relationship with somebody through automated emails? Oh, yeah. I, I know oh. that. I know that. Okay. Um, I, I can give you a couple of examples of from my own email list. Um, the, the conversations that I'm having with my own subscribers are ridiculous in length sometimes, I would say. Uh, but my email is tidy and clean and healthy enough for me to actually uh, sit down every week and answer my replies, which is something that I, I love doing and I highly recommend anyone with an email list to do. Right, okay, so you get a lot of replies because people are truly engaged with what you're saying. And does that come from being incredibly consistent with what you're saying over a long period of time? I mean, from my perspective with our emailing list, we don't get very many replies. That means I'm not engaging properly with the people. They don't see it as a, a real conversation. 
So with replies, I wouldn't say that I get a lot of replies. I would say that I get uh, the about about the average amount of replies. But that's something that I'm nurturing and um, also really, you know, enticing people to to reply to me. You know, right. and I'm you're, you're, replying in, back. In the email itself, you you encourage them and say, "Send us your feedback. Let's let's open a conversation. This should be a dialogue and not a monologue from me." Exactly. So so that's one. Um, the second thing that I wanted to say got slipped from my mind. I might remember it later. Because um, I rudely interrupted you. I no, apologize. not at all. I just have low-key ADD. So, like, thoughts are running in oh, right. very, Ooh. very high, like... Which is um, perfect because that keeps this, this conversation yes. turning up. Because my next <laughs> question, now that we've basically said what we're missing, and I'm talking to the CaliCube team now with our own email newsletter, is we need to encourage people to engage with us. We need to engage with them within the email itself. Next is the, 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 the subject line. Everybody talks about the subject line and managing to get a high open rate um, with your kind of ethical approach. What are you looking for there? Let's put that on the shelf for, for just right, a second, because okay. I just remembered something. You said something about <laughs> consistency, and I yes. wanted to ta uh, to tackle this because um, that's something that I say quite a lot. The consistency, for the sake of consistency, doesn't matter as long as you don't give value. I will rephrase that. I will make it a bit clearer. If you're sending emails for the sake of, of consistency and you have nothing of value to say or to share with your subscribers and at the end of the day, it's all about them and what they want and what that they need from you. Don't send your email. It's okay to skip an email. A we, I don't know, a weekly newsletter or a monthly newsletter if that's what you agreed on. Um, if you don't have something truly valuable to share, you might as well don't just don't send send it at all. You know, because right. at the end of the day, um, I want to create this feeling for your subscribers that whenever they see your name in their inboxes, they will start, I don't know, jumping up and down with excitement and I don't know, save your email for a Sunday right. when they can sit down, have a drink and just read it thoroughly uh, with the respect that Brilliant. is due. I'm afraid the first thing that I thought of when you said when they see your name in their inbox, I was thinking of a Pavlovian dog salivating. Um, that was the first image that came <laughs> into my mind, but obviously not to that extent, but kind of think this is a nice thing. I've had some emails where I've subscribed and I get an email like, it seems like every day, it probably isn't. And I end up just getting annoyed because it's so much. And you're saying, well, I, I, I'm not that interested in everything you've got to say. So. Yeah. My my, in fact, the question wasn't that. It was more along the lines of, from my perspective, I've got loads I want to share, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure how to keep it down so that I don't overdo it. Uh, and what's the word? Avalanche people with emails. Mm. That's a good question. I know. I know it wasn't like necessarily a question, but to me, I I think of it as market research. Right. Um, okay. a, a huge part of copywriting, actually, I would say at least 50% is asking your subscribers, what do they want? Oh, darn. That's exactly what I've never done. Mm, so okay. we, we, we would do well to have a Google form and have a, 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 a votey thing and opinion thing and, and, and set out and say, right, what do you guys want? Let's yeah. start creating that kind of content and sending you that kind of content. 
that's really simple. <laughs> yeah. And obvious. But also, also making it simple for your subscribers to engage with you. Because a reply, for example, is a very hard thing for people to do. I'm going to dive this year, um, for the rest of the year, I'm going to dive into the psyche of what it takes for someone to actually reply to your email. It's a very, very uh, interesting topic that I want to research myself. Oh, wow. it's, Are you going to have a PhD after this? I don't In think the so. In psyche of replying to emails. I really don't think so. But um, I, I bet that my mother would be thrilled to even have you, to even he hear you say that. Um, but where was I? You, sorry, you were saying hitting reply to an email and actually writing something is very difficult. Yeah. So anything to lower the friction um, mm -hmm. of engaging with your email, that would be the best thing. So whether it's clicking on something to redirect them to a form or anything, just think of the lo the lowest friction method to actually get the responses. But market research and getting voice of customer, which is a copywriting term, anything to anything that you can do to learn more about your customers, your subscribers, their need, their their wants, their desires. That's that's the the first thing that I would start with. Later on you can build a strategy and follow it and and then it's things look easier at that stage, I promise. Brilliant. Okay. And is one of the tricks, in inverted commas, of getting people to engage, making sure that they understand they're engaging with a person, give that person a personality, as it were? Yeah. Um, there are a lot of, again, I wouldn't call it a trick per se, but um, a lot of the times uh, on email marketing lists that I really do appreciate, they ask me to self-identify myself. So whether I'm a, a copywriter or a business owner or my interests or my likes or my needs or uh, where am I located? And that's zero, zero, what's, what's the, the, the term for it? Zero barrier, zero effort. Zero, zero barrier, but also zero party data. That's what I wanted to say. Zero party data. Especially because, um, so it's it's data that your subscriber is giving you willingly, with okay. consent, um, about them that you can keep, and then you can segment your uh, your list according to groups or cer certain tags, and you know what to send them that would be highly relevant for them. Right, and but isn't there a kind of problem from I mean, from my perspective? People ask me, or a company sends me an email and asks me all these questions. I kind of think you're prying, and I don't really want to tell you. Is there a way to encourage people or make them feel more at ease? Mm, or is I that think, another thesis that would have to be written? I think it's, uh, <laughs> well, if I told you what my, my first thesis was all about, you would laugh hysterically. Um, but oh, go on, then. <laughs> you remember, do you remember the, the band Aqua? Oh, yeah, I love them. I did my entire thesis about them. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it oh, started yeah. as a joke and I ended up as my class valedictorian. So jokes on them. Anyways. So um the jokes on Aqua or on your No, school? no, on my on my supervisors. Never mind. Um <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to say is that one other thing that I I say quite a lot, it really it depends because if some subscribers are not willing to give their zero party data to you there might be some kind of a problem in, I don't know, how you welcome them into your email world. Right. Maybe you have to do a bit more of a, in, an email training. Maybe you have to give them a bigger reward. Maybe, I don't know, it really depends. Um, 
But Brilliant. that's exactly the kind of the thing that I would actually approach someone individually who didn't uh, click on a certain thing to self-identify if that's something that you're doing in your uh, email list. And I would send them an, a personalized message, not a copy-paste one, and ask them, hey, what was the reason? Right. How can no, we brilliant. fix that? No, 100% because we're, we're not reaching out to people and asking them to self-identify. And now it's definitely something we need to do. But also, as you write, as you obviously rightly said, because you're the expert, not me, um, is engaging with people personally to bring them on board and treat that newsletter list, emailing list, as a precious relationship that we need to nurture. Uh, but keep that thought. We're just going to have a quick moment of sponsorship. Um, which we can have up in the video, and then we're going to come back and talk about uh, the the subject and the content and the rewards that you were talking about. So um, if we can have the video, join me every week on Caddy Cube Tuesdays. I really love these little animations that we do um, every week on a Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central European time, and it's produced in partnership with WordLift, who have been helping us and backing us up for the last two years, an AI-powered SEO tool that does the heavy lifting for you. And this week, we're announcing our online courses. We're about to add a wonderful lesson to one of the courses about copywriting. In fact, writing copy so that Google truly understands. And the course is all about optimizing your brand SERP, your Google business card, so that your audience see the best message from your brand when they Google you, prospects or clients. That was my advertisement for today. I need to take this class. You are welcome to take the class. I would be delighted if you took the class. No, seriously. Um, but your, your brand slip is actually pretty good. I mean, we, we discussed it earlier on. Um, some people get good brand slips by luck. Mm. Um, but even with a good brand slip, you can always make it better. Um, and I'm doing an Ask Me Anything with the Facebook groups that we have uh, later on. And questions that come up are things like, is my brand slip evergreen? Uh, which is the content that's going to stick there the longest? And those are really interesting questions. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're going back to... But you just reminded me, if you have such sessions in your closed group, which I suppose, or I would love to assume that some of your group members are also your subscribers, you can also use that to your advantage and ask them as well, like, what would you like to see from me? Brilliant. Exactly. No, well, we've actually just started the Ask Me Anything, so that's great advice because we don't know what we're doing. So any advice is, is definitely going to move us forwards by at least one step. But back to email marketing, which the point was I was supposed to be picking your brain for our own email marketing uh, ethically um, moving forwards, is, is the subject line. That's always something that's troubled me. Is shorter better? Is saying you all the time better? Is bonus offer? Um, be quick or you'll miss it. Um, this is what we get advised to do. And I find that kind of a bit disappointing. So first and foremost, I think we have, we must collect the data in terms of where our subscribers are reading our emails. If they're reading your emails in mobile, then absolutely you have a shorter um, subject line and you have to take that into account. Um, but not only subject lines, also the preview line, which is the first um, line that you see mm. next to the uh, subject line if you're on a desktop and right below it if you're on mobile. Another thing that has been proven to be working is the entire insert an emoji in your subject line because right. then you're separating yourself from the competition, but not like 
10 emojis <laughs> because then it looks spammy. And also there's a probability of, I don't know how many percent that um, the filters of uh, the email providers will spot that and send you um, right away um, to the spam folder. Um, right. And after we finish the subject line, the next question is going to be text or HTML, but finishing with the subject line. Yeah. Um, again, I don't think it's the subject line as much as it as we need to talk about how strong is your connection, the connection of your subscriber to your brand. That's sorry, that's really, really interesting because I tried loads of different kind of ideas for subject lines and the, the open rate stays pretty much fixed uh, mm -hmm. between 38% and 42%. Which and is never... brilliant, by the way. Oh, right. Well, we've got a really good open rate, really bad click-through rate. So that's the next question. Um, but it is, I think kind of what it is, is however much I try to change the subject line, it actually doesn't make a vast amount of difference. And that must be the relationship as opposed to what I'm actually kind of saying in that individual email. Yeah, but also we do have to remember that our inboxes are bombarded with so yeah. many emails and it's really hard to stand out and it's really hard to be unique. Um, mm. So I always, you know, when I'm uh, giving consults to clients or, or companies uh, about subject lines, I always say, you know, what would be a subject line that would make you open this email mm. and would make you stand out? And, and ma yeah, make you want to open this email from you. Um, if that's enticing enough, interesting enough, curious enough, then then you'll open it regardless. Um, whether a person would right. read it later, that's that's a different subject that we can talk about for forever. Uh, uh, I can do a whole thesis just about that. Never mind. But there are so many variables here that we need to, I mean, the first thing that I would say is to collect data and contact your subscribers and learn more from them. Um, because if, if people don't really open your emails, ask why, ask what would you like to see differently? What would make you actually open the email? And also a question to you, Jason, is when was the last time that you did some kind of a cleanup? and kept your list hygiene because sometimes if the engagement rate or the open rate or whatever rates you're uh, following are too low for you, you might as well try to re-engage your list or the people who are not engaging enough. So you, you, you remove people who haven't opened an email for the last three or four months or whatever it is if you're sending a weekly email. I would first try to re-engage them with a very specific oh. um, sequence, automated sequence that uh, is triggered by their lack of behavior. Um, <laughs> and then and then I would gently, you know, escort them out um, because list hygiene is really, really important. If, right. Hans Nutt says, if they don't open your email, it's difficult to ask them anything, which is actually a brilliant point. And it's really obvious now it's just been said, for me at least. What's the trick there? It must be the subject line. Yeah, I mean, you can only do as much, you know, or you can contact them privately um, mm. without an automated sequence. It really depends on, on how much effort and time and will you have um, to put into your email list, which I think needs to be a very high one because it's a very good channel, but Brilliant. to each their and, own. And once you get into the email, I mean, Hans actually asked text or HTML, but I mean, I would imagine these days the platforms like... MailChimp or MailJet or uh, MailGun or whatever it might be will automatically switch depending on the, the 
the recipient, or am I wrong? I'm pretty sure that uh, most, if not all, of the uh, email service providers are already generating some kind of a plain text mm. um, version of every email. Um, but I, I'm not a deliverability expert. There are a bunch of really, really great people out there who are doing just that. But I do want to say that, uh, generally speaking, the lighter your email is, the better uh, the... Uh, chances that it will pass through the spam filters mm. are is higher um, and right. for it to load as well is higher so if you want to talk right. about text or HTML I I always personally use texts more um, I'm also not a coder but generally speaking the lighter the better and the more right. personal and think about it this way uh, when you're writing an email to a friend or to a colleague you don't really put like gifts and and sparkles and and photos everywhere that's not the case you write them a very plain email and that's what you want to also in my opinion replicate for your subscribers right oh that's something we should try then just doing a text only email um because we don't get much of a click through and what i tended to do was put lots of colors and lots of images and make it all terribly bells and whistles and exciting and that is perhaps the wrong idea a b split test one oh, yeah. email and see and see what happens, you know? The, well, the other question as well is an email with loads and loads and loads of links. I mean, some some people within the industry, I mean, I receive SEO emails and they've got like 30 different articles and I can go through and it's the pick of the articles of the week. Um, thinking of Elaine Solis, for example, who has an email list like that and masses of subscribers, incredible engagement as far as I understand it because she brings it all together. And then other people, other emails where I just get one thing in the email, it's uh, this one specific call to action. I'm thinking of Internet Marketing Gold who do that. And they say, here's one thing, focus on that. Is this another case of it depends? Uh, you said it better than I would ever say it myself. <laughs> it really depends. Um, I, I'm also on a couple of lists myself where I know for a fact that I'm going to get just a bunch of links and I'm going to click on a bunch of them and fill my weekend with right. reading materials and YouTube things to watch and music that I'm going to have great time listening to. Um, but there again, yes, it depends. Um, there again, I know at least with my email list, I am trying to put as little or as few links as possible and just to make it really counts um, when I do insert something. Usually it's music. Um, mm. but, um, but it really depends on your brand and what you're trying to achieve. Right, yeah. I mean, and kind of from your perspective, you're saying this is a dialogue with people, although we don't know them. It's certainly a relationship that does develop over time with the email. And you should treat it like that rather than uh, honestly what I've been doing is just saying every week I send out the Cube Tuesdays. People then sign up for it. They come to the Cube Tuesdays live. Uh, they ask their questions. And it's been this kind of like cycle. And that isn't building a relationship. That's repeating myself on different topics each time, but always about Cube Tuesdays. Um, yeah, but I think, you know, people who do send you questions, you can definitely get back to them and ask them a question in return. And um, I think that in itself will increase the engagement and the click rate and the reply rate of, of your own email list. So here's just an idea. No, no, absolutely brilliant. So what I've learned now is <laughs> treat an email list more as a dialogue, less as a monologue build a relationship, um, 
reach out to people, ask them what they're looking for so they can actually provide what they want rather than what I think they might want or what I want to give them. Um, it's it's never about you, Jason. It's never about me, Val. It's always, always, always about our subscribers and what they want. We need to cater to them. It is a dialogue. And another thing that I always say is market as you like to be marketed to. Um, if you don't like receiving those daily emails, then I wouldn't do that if I were you. Um, if Brilliant. if you are if you have the capacity to read one long email from someone that you really appreciate their opinions, maybe that's what you would do for your own email list, you know? So think as uh, think about it as also what would you respond best to? Brilliant. I, that's an absolutely brilliant conclusion. I think we managed to make that in between us. And what I really love is that that conclusion from you is now the subject of the conversation we're going to have tomorrow with the CaliCube team to make our email marketing less like I've been doing it and more like you're suggesting it and doing it properly and bringing real value out of it instead of just kind of hit and miss kind of approach I've had. So thank you so much, Yuval. You've probably saved CaliCube um, <laughs> in 2022. Uh, really quickly now for next week. That was absolutely wonderful for you, Val. Next week, we've got Brian Hanish, uh, SEO audits now and into the future. So we had our SEO audits last week. We're going to have another approach next week, which I'm really looking forward to because I know that Brian's approach isn't quite the same as Olga's. So that's going to be an in-depth and an increasingly in-depth uh, approach to SEO, audit, SEO audits. Excuse me. And could you pass the baton, please? Yes, absolutely. Brian, the baton is yours as someone who does audits herself and knows how important that is for my clients. It's all yours. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Yuval. That was incredibly insightful. And I do love the idea of ethical email marketing. And it makes me feel much more comfortable about what we are going to be doing in the future. Thank you, everyone, for watching. See you next week on CaliCube Tuesdays. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Yuval. Thank you, Jason. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much.